You're listening to a Sunday morning message from Hope Church Frankfurt. If you want more information about our church, text HOPE23 to 55498. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So it's great to see you, like I said, and I, I hope you had an awesome New Year's Eve. And uh, for us, we were in Iowa and we were kind of celebrating with some family that we don't get to see too often. And uh, one of the things that we also did is we celebrated on Abby's birthday, which is December 30th. And uh, she always gets shafted because her birthday is so close to Christmas and New Year's, right? So they always get shoved in together. So I said, hey, you know, what do you want to do? And she said, I want to go to Outback Steakhouse, right? I want some shrimp on the bobby, right? So, all right, we're going to Outback. And we called and we had a party of 10 and they said, don't come. And so we went anyways. And then we showed up and they were like, we have 10. And they're like, I guess we'll seat you. So that was awesome. And, uh, you know, it was a great time to go to Outback. And the kids sat at one table. You always know you're reaching a milestone when the kids can sit at a separate table as you. Just feels like all is right in the world. You know what I mean, right? It's just like, this is a great time. And uh, that, I don't mean that offensively. I love my son. It's just, you know, he's, he doesn't know personal space. Um, as I'm about to share. So he comes over to me and he says, hey, dad, I got to go to the bathroom. I said, okay, cool. Uh, so I take him to the bathroom and, you know, you guys know him. He's a ball of energy, right? He's dip, diving, ducking and dodging everywhere, okay? So we go to the bathroom. Everything's great. We come back. He kind of gets turned around. He jumps into the kitchen. I'm like, no, 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 don't go in the kitchen. Turns around, jumps into a, a table. I'm like, no, no, be careful, be careful. There's a lot of people here, right? So we're walking, we finally make it right in front of the hostess table, okay? And there's two people working there, and there's also the manager of the store. And Hudson stops because there's some people coming in, but then he kind of like does a juke and goes to the right. Me being uncoordinated and overweight, trip on my feet like this, okay? And I want to paint a picture for you. He stops, I'm trying not to hit him because I know my weight could crush his body entirely. So I try not to hit him and I, like this, my feet go up in the air like this. My face goes straight down. I land square on my face. My hands don't even brace my fall. It's one of the falls to where the manager goes, <gasps> like people didn't laugh. You know how like you have some sickos who laugh when people fall? No one laughed. They thought I had broken my neck. And I get up and I am so mad. I go over to the table, I tell Abby, I was like, I just tripped because Hudson stopped. I tripped and fell on the ground right in front of everybody. I think I hurt my neck. I'm so mad right now. I'm going outside. I literally go outside and I'm taking some cleansing breaths, right? I'm like, <laughs> like I'm pregnancy pains here. You know what I mean? My neck hurt bad, okay? And I'm outside and I'm just frustrated. And I walk back inside and the manager has ran to the back and he has pulled out the slippery when wet sign, and he puts it down, he goes, sir, I'm so sorry, you tripped on the ground. I mean, you would have thought, he thought I was suing them, and I was gonna own this Outback Steakhouse, okay? Like, he was profusely apologizing, which in hindsight, I probably could have got a discount on the meal, but it just didn't feel right, and I was so embarrassed. I was like, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I tripped over my own feet, and I had just gotten new shoes that are now scuffed. I mean, it was a crazy situation, right? And the next day I wake up, my neck hurts like no other. And I'm realizing I would win America's Funniest Home Videos if you could find that video. My feet were so far in the air, I looked like a U when my face hit the ground. I mean, it was awesome. I didn't realize my back could extend that way. I tell you this story because I want to make this connection, if you'll allow me. 
I don't think I'm the only one who's tripped at the end of last year or maybe even at the beginning of this year. And you kind of landed and ended up on your face in a position that you didn't really think you thought you would be. Maybe you ended the year different than you wanted to. Maybe you ended 2023 still struggling with the thing that you told yourself at the beginning of 2023, I'll never do this again. Maybe last year was full of a lot of hurt and pain that you did not expect. Maybe you've tried a bunch of different ways to get closer to God and none of them are really working. It just feels like you're constantly falling on your face again and again and again. Now that it's 2024, you're still struggling with the same things that you struggled with before. And it's kind of seeming like you're always going to struggle with them. If you're here and you've thought any of those things, or you just want to break free from some things that have bogged you down, this message this morning is for you. And today we're going to talk to how to enter his gates. And I'm going to give us three simple keys, how we can enter the gates in the kingdom of God. But I want to start off with this quote by this author named Eugene Peterson. He wrote this book called, Obedience is a Long Walk in the Same Direction. My prayer is this year that we would have a long walk in the same direction. Obedience is a long walk in the same direction. But it's difficult, isn't it? Proverbs 24, 16 says this, that the righteous fall seven times, and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity, right? The righteous person falls seven times and they rise again, but the wicked person falls and they don't get up, right? It's kind of like they're describing you as a Christian as Rocky in one of the movies. Like you just keep getting hit. You're just taking those punches to the head and you just keep getting back up. You're one of those people who just, you keep getting knocked down, but you keep getting back up. No matter how many times you're hit, no matter how many times you're hurt, no matter how many things that are going on, you just keep on going. This is what Proverbs describes as a righteous person. Keep getting up again and again and again. Why should we get back up though? Maybe you're sitting here and you're knocked down again for the beginning of the year or you've been knocked down before. You're, what, you're questioning, is it really even worth it? Why should I get back up? Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says this, This is Paul speaking. And he said, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This is the promise that Paul is speaking to the Philippians who are in struggling and and, and they're getting knocked down. They're getting beaten again and again and again. He says to him, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work will bring it to completion. That if we allow him, if we can Trust in God that he's going to bring our growth, that he's going to bring our change if we allow him. That's the key phrase, if we allow him. You see, the reason that I love this quote that obedience is a long walk in the same direction is because I think this is absolutely key in our current cultural context. I was walking through the grocery store this week, if any of us have gone to the grocery store or department store, you've realized that they have now moved on from Christmas to Valentine's Day. It is January 7th, and we have Valentine's Day cards up, right? PSA for anybody who needs to get their person a gift, you have a month and a half, right? Or how, what, I don't even know when it is. 
unfortunately, right? I should, because I just walked through the grocery store. It's all the way up, right? And it's crazy to think it's January 7th. We just got done with Christmas. But what's going to happen is the day after Valentine's, they're going to switch that over to Easter. Then they're going to switch it over to the beginning of summer, then 4th of July, then the end of summer, the beginning of school. Then it's going to go to fall. Then it's going to go to winter. Then it's going to again and again and again and again. We are constantly looking towards the next thing. We're moving towards the next thing. We're planning towards the next moment. And I think there's nothing wrong with being a planner. There's nothing wrong with planning ahead. But there certainly is something wrong with numbing your life with what's next to escape what's now. And I'm wondering if the majority of what we do is we numb what's happening right now by focusing on what's coming next. I want to ignore how I feel. And listen, I'm guilty of this. I know most of us in the room probably are as well. We spend the day trying to numb or ignore the pain that we feel away. It seems like it's too much for us, so we just want to ignore it. It's very obvious. Walk around. You will very rarely see someone without headphones in. Walking through the grocery store, walking through wherever. I hate silence. I'm one of those people. And also sometimes I don't even play anything because I just don't want to talk to anybody. So I want them to think I'm listening to something. Or I pull, do one of these. Hello. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll be right there and walk away really quick. That's a secret tip, just staying right there. If you want to get away from someone in this situation, hello. No, I don't want to talk about my car warranty at this moment. I think I'm guilty of this too because the reality is that slowing down sometimes seems impossible. My concern is we're moving at a pace that's not sustainable and it's just creating frustration, pain, confusion, and hurt. That's why this phrase is so powerful, a long walk in the same direction. It really speaks to me personally. And if I could just be vulnerable and honest with you for a moment, it truly does speak to me personally because I don't like staying in the same direction. You could call it personality tests or whatever you want to call it, but I have an issue where if, if something isn't changing or moving or growing or doing the way that I want it to go, quick enough, I want to change courses. I want to go this way or go that way. And this, this quote directly speaks into the face of that personal struggle of mine because I can't have a long walk in the same direction if I'm constantly turning right, left, going back, jumping around, doing everything different. It speaks to the obedience. And that's what he means when he's speaking about obedience. There's a couple other things it speaks to. I need to prepare for the journey because a long walk must be prepared for. I need to mentally, I need to physically, I need to spiritually prepare. If I don't keep going at a steady pace, I'm going to quit. And also, I need to know the goal. Where am I going? What do I want to happen? I've been trying to get back into the gym, as I'm sure most of us have, right? Maybe you've been trying to get back in the gym, or maybe you just want to eat less candy. You know what I mean, right? Like whatever, you have a New Year's resolution. And for me, my cardio has been the stair stepper. How many of us have ever done the stair stepper? Right? Okay, the stair stepper is terrible. It is a torture device, okay? I'm on this thing for three minutes, feels like I've been on there for an hour. You know, like I'm, that's exactly it. And you're just, I'm like, I'm just stepping the pounds away. And I also feel bad because there's such a pool of sweat 
on the, on the ground when I walk away from it that I just want to really scurry out of there because I feel shame about how much sweat's coming off of me. Either way, that's probably should have left that out of the sermon, but it's okay. We're going to keep on moving, right? As I'm on the stair stepper, I have this goal. I usually want to say 20 minutes. The first time I got on the stair stepper, I said, I'm doing, I'm doing 45. I didn't get past four and I jumped off. I mean, I was literally on it and I was watching the steps and I was two minutes in. I was like, how do I only have 47 steps? This is impossible. And I said, forget it. I'd rather be overweight. And I jumped off, right? Like I was, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm walking away. Slowly, the reality was I wasn't prepared. I was not prepared. I had not drank enough water. I did not mentally prepare myself for the amount of steps that I was going to take. So I couldn't make it. The next time I had a much better goal, five minutes. Then I went to 10, then I went to 20, and then I finally got up to 30 minutes. I've still never done 45. But the entire point of what I'm trying to make is my goal was not clear. So I was walking without a purpose. I wasn't prepared for the journey. I wasn't ready for what was going to take. I wasn't careful about where I was going. So I ended up quitting. A long walk in the same direction needs to be carefully prepared for. A lot of times I think we can get into things in life and we're just not simply prepared for the journey of that it's going to take us on. Maybe that's your current job. Maybe that's your marriage. You weren't prepared for the relationship that it was going to cause and the struggle and the internal things that you were going to think about. So what do we do? When we're faced with the reality of how difficult this is, we change directions. So we quit our job. We break up the relationship. We move to a new city. We do something different. We start a new Bible plan on January 7th. We start a new thing the next day. We restart our diet every weekend. Come on, somebody, right? We just keep changing directions. But the Bible says in Psalms that those who are planted in the house of the Lord flourish. And I don't think that specifically only means to the church. Yes, I think it does apply to the church that those who are planted in the house of the Lord, who have growing deep roots, those are the people that flourish. I think that is true, but I also think it means those who are planted and committed to the word of God flourish. Flows of streams of running and living water come from within them because they're planted. Obedience is a long walk in the same direction. I think God's working on me in this area because there's been so many things that I just want to change up. I want to change it. I want to move left. I want to move right. I want to change things because it's not going the way that I thought it should go. And I came to this realization that it's just simply not obedience when I do that. And that the reality is, is I never get to see the fruit of my investment because I'm not there long enough for it to flourish. I never get to see the fruit of my investment if I am constantly changing because I'm not there long enough. Can anyone in the room relate to that? Maybe I don't see the fruit of praying or worship or fasting because I don't do it long enough because we want the instant gratification. We want the dopamine hit. We want the reality of we want it to happen. How many times have you been walking and you think someone says your name and immediately you get pumped because you're like, hey, I think someone knows me. This is awesome. The sweetest sound to a human is their own name because it brings on this energy that I'm known, that I'm understood. 
And so many times I feel like we're looking for the next hit that we change directions. We're not prepared for the long walk. We're not prepared for the journey. And we change too many times. Maybe the issue for you isn't walking. Maybe it's running. Maybe you're running so fast that you feel burnt out. Maybe you're just ignoring everything. I don't know what it is, but I just want to encourage you with that quote. Obedience is a long walk in the same direction. Now I want to invite you in a long walk toward Jesus. Because there's a few keys that I think we can focus on this year to start our year, to enter his gates with praise, to enter the Lord's gates with praise. And I think if we sit on these keys and we trust in who he is, that I think there's some fruit. And furthermore, as I was preaching this message in the car yesterday, I always tend to preach it in the car a lot more Southern and louder than I do on Sunday mornings. I don't know if you can relate to that. But I had to drive and pick up Abby in Iowa yesterday. And so I was just in their car preaching. And then I was like, oh, that's good stuff. And then I forgot it all. Probably should have wrote it down. No, maybe I think God's doing it the way he wants. So, But I'm driving there and I'm thinking to myself, and I felt this incredible weight, to be honest. And I don't want to overplay. I'm not dramatic. I'm not pulling some manipulative preacher thing on you like, I actually felt an overwhelming weight of what I was going to speak this morning because I felt like there's a lot of people that are burdened and broken and hurt and they don't feel like they have enough to make a long walk in the same direction. I truly felt like there's a lot of people who are not only contemplating quitting, but they've changed so many times they're wondering what's the point of even going. And so I want to give you a couple keys this morning that I think these things, if we can hold on to these things, then we can grow in our relationship with the Lord. The first one is this, to worship up. If we're going to enter his gates, we need to worship up. Let's look at Psalms 148, verse 12 and 13. This is just an, a, a, an encouragement. Praise the Lord. Praise him young and old. Praise him men and women and children, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is to be exalted. Worship is such an essential part of our Christian life. It's such an essential part of our Christian life. We need to worship up on who God is. We're truly wired to worship. And I know I've said it before, but the reality is when you break down the word worship, it truly means one simple thing, worth it. So what you worship, you are saying is worth it. So if vanity is what you worship, you say, man, I, all I do is I'm so concerned about who, how I look and what I do, and then that's what you believe is worth it. Could be a sports team. It could be whatever. There's nothing wrong with encouraging those things and being happy about it. I, love, I would love for the Bears to spoil the Packers more than anybody in the room. Right? Come on, somebody. I could almost, I got, if I get an amen only at that point in the message, right? Like I, I, we always want to encourage, but what, what's really worth it? Is money the only thing that's worth it? Is our car, is our house, is our retirement, are those the only thing that's worth it? Because if it is, those are the things that we only think about. Those are the things that we only praise. Those are the things we only talk about. 
I remember growing up in church, and I grew up in a church that was a little bit more charismatic than we are. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was fun and crazy at some times. And I just remember sometimes during the quiet moments, the people in the church would just it would kind of be maybe when the band's changing in between songs or whatever, and you would just hear someone say, you're worthy, God. You're worthy. Worthy are you, Lord. You just hear the crowd just saying that. What are they saying in that moment? You're worth it. You're worth it. God, are you worth it? That's what I think about my worship and how do we worship in a couple different ways. Just very quickly, I'm going to hit on these. How do we worship? We worship with our thoughts. What are your thoughts, mind? What are you thinking about? What are you dwelling on? We worship with our actions. How do we act towards others? And we worship with our words. What do we speak do we only break people down? Do we only cut them down? Do we withhold things because we don't want to give it up? How are we worshiping and what are we worshiping? I want worship here to be something you guys look forward to. I really do. I want some, worship here at church to be something where the Holy Spirit is so present and so powerful and so potent that you can walk in the room and feel changed. That's the goal. That's the prayer. I want you to pray that with me, that as you walk in, you say, man, I just pray. It's one of those days today. Invite the Holy Spirit in. It's not something we're going to do just going through the motions, but something that we do because we want to worship God. We want to sing to him. We want to praise him. We want to tell him, you are worthy. John Piper says this, the inner essence of worship is to know God truly and then to respond from the heart to the knowledge by valuing God, treasuring God, prizing God, enjoying God, and being satisfied with God above all earthly things. And then that deep, restful, joyful satisfaction in God overflows in the acts of praise from the lips and acts of love and serving others for the sake of Christ. Inner worship is to know God, but to value and treasure and praise him. The second thing is this, is to fast through. And I encourage you to join me in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, but my heart would be that we would have 100% participation in fasting. And fasting is something that is so important I think we cannot undervalue the reality of it. I want to go to the Gospel of Mark really quickly in just a moment, but I'm going to kind of give it to you. A little bit of the story is Jesus is with James, John, and Peter, and he's on the mountain transfiguration, and he's up there, and he's in his heavenly form with Moses and Elijah. And he's up there, and he's speaking, and they're talking about what's happening here on earth. And they're up there and down below, something is happening. The disciples are down below hanging out and there comes a boy who is demon possessed. He's possessed by this demon. The demon makes him go mute. It makes him scream, throws him into the fire, throws him into the water, tries to throw him into walls. All this stuff is trying to destroy this boy. And the disciples are praying for this boy to be healed, but he cannot be healed. They can't figure it out. So Jesus is on his way back down and the disciples are there and the man's father runs up to Jesus and said, listen, my son is struggling. Can you pray for him? I asked your disciples to do it, 
but nothing happened. Then Jesus prays for this young boy. He prays for this young boy. He, he silences the demon, prays for this young boy, casts him out. The boy falls on the ground. Everyone around says he just died. Jesus grabs him by the hand, picks him back up. He's okay. He walks away. Later on, scripture says in Mark chapter 9, let's read together. Mark chapter 9, verse 28 and 29. They went into the house after this had happened. His disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can only come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Jesus said flat out, there is only some breakthrough that you can get through prayer and fasting. I've seen this to be true in my life. The specific closeness that I have with God sometimes has been the greatest in a time of fasting because you're depriving your physical body in order to grow your spiritual. You're saying, listen, I'm gonna step away. So I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it's a partial fast. Maybe it's a, hey, you know what? I'm gonna skip lunch every day. And during my lunch hour at work, I'm gonna go to my car, I'm gonna turn on the worship playlist and I'm gonna pray. Or maybe it's, I'm gonna stay away from this. Or maybe it's, I'm gonna get off of social media, or maybe I'm going to go to a Daniel fast. I'm going to only eat vegetables or whatever it is. But I want to encourage you to fast because I believe there's a specific breakthrough that you need. And if you have that, if you want that breakthrough, think there's some things that can only be broken through fasting. And my goal is that our church would see revival come through obedience and walking a long way in the same direction and that we would make fasting a part of our regular program. We usually do fasting at the beginning of January and we usually do it in August, twice a year. And I want to continue that process because that's something that I think is so important for the reality of who we are in trusting Jesus. I think it's something that can be helpful for all of us. So today is the seventh. You have another week. I want to invite you to carefully and considerably pray about it. Think, what can I do? There's no shame if you're like, I, it's just not for me. I can't do it. I completely understand. No shame at all. Everything we say from the pulpit and everything we say here at church, please know is an invitation only. It's not something that you, if you don't do, you're not good enough. You're not a good enough Christian or you're not strong enough. You're not mature. That's, that's, not, that's not how we talk here. It's just an invitation. Just like Jesus, what did he do? He's walking through the gospels. He says, you want to follow me? Awesome. If you don't, that's up to you. It's just an invitation. I believe there's some healing that can happen through prayer and fasting. The third one is pray forward. Pray forward. I want to just read this. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. This is just very simply. I just want to read scripture to you this morning. Jesus says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who has seen what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like the pagans, for they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want to encourage you to have a daily prayer time. John Maxwell writes in his leadership books that there's five things we need to do. If you, if you could take your day and break it down into five simple clicks, like let's say you're trying to you know, break down a tree. He said, if you have, figure your life as this goal that you want to do is cutting down this tree, think about these five things you do every day as your acts. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to worship. Whatever these five things are you're going to do, and every day you're going to do them. It doesn't have to be a long thing. It doesn't have to be a complicated thing. But I'll encourage you to have a relationship with God. What does that look like? It just looks like talking. Do I, I don't have it figured out. Like, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm praying. I'm like, uh, is anything happening up there? Did you hear me? I don't know. But I feel like God is like, I want relationship with you. I'm not your genie in a bottle here. I want relationship with you. So consistently pray to me. Consistently join me. I want to read one quote and then I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And then we're going to sing trust in God one more time. And I want to invite us to worship. And if you want to come up to the front at that time, I'm going to be up here. I'm going to pray with you. I want to invite us to do that because I really felt like specifically a weight on this message, a weight on this service. And I was asking the Holy Spirit yesterday in the car that he would break bondages that are here, that he would free people who are hurting. One of my favorite authors, and to be honest, maybe my favorite person on planet Earth besides Abby, now that he's passed away, is Diedrich Bonhoeffer. And he says this, It matters little what form of prayer we adopt or how many words we use. What matters is the faith which lays hold on God, knowing that he knows our need before we even ask him. This is what gives Christians prayer its boundless confidence and joyous certainty. Matters little what form of prayer you adopt. You say, you know what, am I doing adoration prayer? Am I doing... You know, am I doing this prayer? Am I doing that prayer? Am I doing, it doesn't really matter which form of prayer, but it matters the faith that you have in that prayer. Because we know that God knows our needs. What did Jesus say? You don't need to babble on. You don't need to use big, intricate words. We just need to say, God, I need you. He knows that we need him and it can give us that confidence and joy. So I'm going to ask with heads bowed, eyes closed all over this room as the band comes up to the stage. I just want us to pray together. So if you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I want to take a next step. I want to take a next step and I want to trust completely in God. Or I want to grow in my relationship with him. And you say, you know what, there's some things that have been breaking me. There's some things that have been hurting me. There's some, I've tripped and fallen so many times. And in order to make this long walk in the same direction, I feel like I need to change. I need healing. I need peace. 
I want something to be different. I don't want it to be the same. If you're here and you say, you know what? That's me. I need some change. There's some things that have been broken in me. There's some things that have been hurting that I need to change. And I just want to acknowledge to God that I'm going to take a next step. I'm going to trust in him this morning. If that's you, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up just so I know who I'm praying for. And then I'm going to ask us to stand and go into a time of worship. But I want you to worship with everything that you have. I want you to worship completely this morning. Trust in him. If that's you, on the count of three, you say, you know what? I want some breakthrough. I need some healing. I need some peace. I need something to change. I want to grow. I want to make this long walk in the same direction called obedience in Jesus. If that's you, the count of three, shoot your hand up. One, two, three. You shoot them up. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You can put those hands down. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you this morning that you are here. And God, I pray for each and every one of those hands raised, that you would grow something in their heart, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would have your way in this service, that you would fill this room right now, that your presence would fill this room. Those that are dealing with brokenness, those that are dealing with pain and hurt, they're struggling with the same things again and again and again, and they just want to make a long walk in the same direction. They just want to be obedient to you, but it feels like it's impossible God, I pray that you would bring power upon them. I pray that you would bring courage. I pray that this community would be a safe place where they can come and worship and let the worship of your name lift us up. God, we thank you for who you are. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. And if you did, make sure to share it and subscribe to stay up to date with all of our new messages. Thanks for listening. God bless.